Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. Today, we have a powerful episode, and as always, we have a powerful guest host, and that guest host is the Resonator, Mike Rez. Good, good, hello, good, good, whatever time of the day you guys are listening to this. Hello, Flock. Hello, Dags. How are you holding up? It's all good. As always, it's all good in the hood. Nice. That's always the best part. God, I'm excited. We have a powerful show today. Just uh, We had a couple unfortunate deaths, though. Yeah, it's kind of like last-minute deaths that we were going to try to cram in here. Yeah, normally we want the deaths to hold off until we have uh, proper notes for them. Ryan, normally. Brian Dennehy and Howard Finkel. Now, yes. Br- yeah, Brian Dennehy, we all know him as the only person to kill Rambo in any of the Rambo movies. That's, that's right, <laughs> isn't it? That's correct, yes. Why do nerds get so mad when you, when you do uh, ironic comedy like that? Because they're nerds. Yeah, I always put they got, it up. They've got to be right. I, I put it up on Twitter. I always do my uh, powerful ironic comedy. And if you mm-hmm. want to enjoy that comedy, please follow us. On Twitter at Amish B Machine, but I always tweet something, and they're like, "Oh, actually, uh, Brian Dennehy did not kill him." <laughs> Do you ever uh, reply with like a hook, line, and sinker, or a fishing pole, or anything? Oh yeah, well, one time on Facebook, I did a, I don't know, it was in one of my powerful jokes, and uh, someone said, "Oh." Oh, what do you mean? And they, they said the lit- I asked some, oh, I it was, uh, it was about the boy scouts. I go, you know how the girl scouts sell their, their bullshit cookies, you know? Right. And they mark them up and they keep making them smaller and smaller, but yep. that's their scam. You know, you got to get the br- girl scout cookies. So I said, I said, how come the boy scouts don't sell something like uh pipe tobacco or something? And then, and then he's like, well, actually they sell popcorn. And I go, I know it's a joke. And then I did a, I did a meme of uh, Christopher Reeve's Superman, and the joke is flying over his head, and he doesn't see it. Right, then, that's then, one of my favorite memes. Yeah, and then that set him off even more. It's like I got it; it's just not funny. Uh, you know, one of my my favorite uh, things you do is when you get the uh, the Star Wars and the Star Trekkers going. Oh my god! So that's uh, especially like the Star Wars nerds. Those guys, uh, and I love Star Wars, but I don't consider myself a nerd like that. They're, they're, uh, they always talk about toxic fandom. <laughs> I love that. Toxic. <laughs> like behind their, yeah. behind their powerful phones and keyboards, they're powerful. Right. I don't, I don't, they, they have the, no idea. Yeah. You know, the trekkers. And if you call them trekkies, they get mad. And you know, I had a theory about what, what do you think about? There's a lot of nerds now and they have, there no, are. yeah. And they have no natural predators. Remember back in the day they had Biff and Buzz. 
It would right. kick the shit out of them, throw them in the You're locker right. and stuff. So, what are you looking at, butthead? <laughs> so now, so now, uh, now bullying is is outlawed. So there's an unnatural rise of nerds. Do you think yeah, that'll equalize out, or? I think at some point it will. You know, it's like Mother Nature has a way of uh, equalizing itself. There's got to be a way that bullies and nerds can equalize themselves out. I got an idea: trapping us all in our homes. Oh, that's a good one. It's working. Yes. How are you holding up? How are you holding up in your bunker? Uh, I'm I'm okay. So I've had a a little little uh, as lack of judgment uh, before it we went into like severe lockdown. I suggested that if people donated to uh, Second Harvest Food Shelf, and I I put the number at five hundred dollars, and I would shave my beard. And well, guess what, Dags? This week we hit five hundred dollars. So guess what's going to have to come off? You're going to shave your beard. I'm going to shave the beard. It'll grow back. So it's not like I'm going to wax it and have to wait three months, but. Are you going to manscape well, also? Uh, I think you have to, don't you? At this point? <laughs> you have to. <laughs> That's another like nerd thing you got to do now is you got to manscape. Yes. Speaking of uh, being trapped at home, do you ever have people that call you all the time just to, you know, they're just calling you to kill time? Not yet. We, I haven't reached that phase with my friends. <laughs> all, right, all right. So I have, I have this, uh, this guy I know, it's it rhymes with Johnny Rage. But anyway, he he's he's calling me. He's on the exercise bike. You know, he weighs about five bills, but he's trying to work out. And he's like heavy breathing, calling me. What are you doing, man? And I have to entertain him while he's riding his bike. Is it a Peloton? Oh, my God, Peloton. It's more like a... <laughs> Remember those? The, uh, remember the ones in the seventies? Schwinn made them. They were like a this big turbine blade, and you would you would row, and it would just turn this giant fan. Right. I, we used to have one that had a belt. You'd have to tighten the belt to get the resistance on the front wheel. It was weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what kind Johnny Rage is using. Let's just say you didn't pay full price. <laughs> but he's calling me. <laughs> he's just like breathing like that. I'm just waiting for the flat line. Boop. <laughs> or the thump. Yeah, the flat line and the thump. We have a powerful episode today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for enjoying us. I know you're not watching, but you're watching your phone. You're listening. Powerful episode today. We have two powerful movies we're going to review. Also, The Resonator has a hot beer he enjoyed. A hot cold yeah. beer. It's a new segment we're yes, doing. Yes, yes, powerful exciting. new segment. What do you call this segment? Um, I think uh, I decided on good beer versus shit beer. Whoa. Good yeah. beer versus shit beer. Yeah, and that's really kind of like a, it, it's really just me reviewing either a good one or a bad one. So, and uh, I think the people, the flock will be excited to know what I've got in store today. Yes. So on Netflix, we have uh, we picked a couple. Uh, I had the Resonator Mike Rez pick a powerful. I think next time, next episode, I will pick the movies just to mix it up a little bit. Sure. Yeah, but I'll I'll try not to. The, my problem is I've seen every movie, so I don't know. Maybe I'll have a virtual dartboard or something. There you go. So going back to uh, nerds and bullies, who's your favorite bully from uh, cinema? Uh, well, I think it's gotta be it's gotta be. Biff would be number one, and then I think number two would be uh, who is the what was his name from uh, 
the Goonies. Oh. Uh, the the jock, the one that held on to to Mike's hand to try to knocked off all the training wheels on his bike and sent him off the cliff. Powerful Goonies. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, that movie, does that movie still hold up? Have you watched it recently? Uh, I think I watched it within the last five years. Uh, cause I got my kids to watch it. So, um, they enjoyed it. It's kind of like a multi-generational film holds up with the younger kids. Yeah. What, what is a movie that you saw recently that you, you liked back in the day that really didn't hold up? Jeez. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, the Avengers comes to mind. I remember watching the first Avengers movie when like the full cast that, that was horrible. <laughs> really? If, yeah. The fuck goes back to watch that. Everyone, you know, you'll know what I mean. But yeah. The original Avengers does not hold up. My problem is I always compare it to the comic books and when they screw stuff up, I talk about nerd rage. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I could see that. And I also, I still, Spider-Man, I, I want a good Spider-Man movie. I was, I'm still upset about the Green Goblin, how they, how they did him in that movie. They had Willem Dafoe, which is a powerful choice as Norman Osborn. You know, he looks like the dude, he can do the crazy, but then they put him in this, uh, you know, the Marty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers suit instead of the Green Goblin suit. You know, he's supposed to be like a court jester, you know. So that, right. to this day, I, I'm still upset and I want him to do like a cool retro 60s look with that those colors, you know, the cool Technicolors back then of, you know, a proper Green Goblin or a proper Spider-Man. Yeah, and I did uh, like a proper Green Goblin. He's mostly green, but isn't there like some purple or something involved? There is. Purple and green. Yeah. It's yeah. another powerful power combination of the Incredible Hulk. He always had purple jeans on. Purple Why? jeans. Purple jeans. Ooh. Why did he have purple jeans on? Yeah. I don't know. It just looked cool. Didn't really matter what he wore. He would always get the purple jeans. Yes. Purple jeans. As, as Dr. Banner. Yes. Dr. Bruce Banner. On the TV show... They had to call him David because they were afraid that sounded gay, Bruce. Oh. That's a true story. Powerful, true story from the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. So, Resonator Mike Rez, let's get into your beer review because we are approaching summer, and if we ever get released from our prisons, we're going to want to enjoy a refreshing cold beer while sitting on the deck or enjoying a fire in the bonfire. Tell us right. what beer did you enjoy? Okay, well, I think we should we should talk about that. I, I do enjoy a craft beer, um, and uh, I, I I can enjoy the the big conglomerate corporate beers as well. But craft beers is where I I go to. Um, and Sam Adams is considered a craft brewery. Is it still? And, yes, it still is. So, um, and I actually, I should probably tell, tell the flock what, what makes a craft brewery, a craft brewery. So if it's a produces less than 6 million barrels of, of beer, uh, a year and, uh, less than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled, uh, by a beverage alcohol industry member that is not itself a craft brewer. So that just means that there can't be any corporate influence greater than 25% uh, in ownership stake. Um, so Sam Adams does fall under that category. 
Um, I tried something that they make called a mountain berry, which uh, a lot of times I will just look at a label. And depending on how cool the label looks, I might buy that beer. You're mesmerized by the artwork. I I can be, yes. How about the uh, the whimsical names? Do you enjoy the whimsical names or the artwork better? Well, I was gonna. Here's a uh, good example of both. So I once spent six dollars on a bottle of beer because the bottle was painted to look like a uh, Red Wing uh, pottery, and the name of the beer was called Delirium Tremens. And uh, I was like, sure, why not? I'll I'll pay that much for that bottle, and it actually turned out to be pretty good. So that was a cherry beer. Uh, which looked more like a cherry soda once he poured it out, but the taste was good and it did the, did the job. It had a high alcohol volume, but this mountain berry, I thought was going to be more of a blueberry beer because I just looked at the label. I didn't read the label. If I would have read the label, I would have known it was more like blackberry and raspberry and it was super tart and super sweet and it sucked. Dags. This Whoa. beer sucked. We yeah. had to go technical on us. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, talk about nerds, you know. We could go beer nerd if you want and talk about the fruits and the and the notes, but I don't think anyone cares. Uh, and I don't really care because it sucked big time. And I like Sam now, Adams what beer. what kind of beer is it? Is that considered one of those sours or what is it? Um, it's considered a fruit beer. Um, so it's not a sour. Um, but it, it's definitely, um, you know, like a lime and Kugel's berry vice. That would be a fruit beer, uh, that delirium tremens that I tried, that would be a fruit beer. Um, and, uh, at least, you know, like the lime and Kugel's, the berry vice that actually tastes pretty good. That does, it's not too overpowering. This was way overpowering. It was like drinking like a cranberry juice that got you drunk. That also had the hint of hops that tastes like beer. So. Do you ever do the flights of beer? I do. Yes. There's some, uh, that's actually probably the, when you go to a brewery that you've never really tried before, that's the best way to find out what you like. So the reason I ask is how many ounces typically is in a, uh, container for a flight? Uh, anywhere from four to six ounces. So that'll get you a good. Cause what I'm wondering about is it's like samples when you go to the grocery store and they give you a little sample. Right. Well, it's that's not real because you eat this little sample and you get a taste. But if you eat a lot of it, sometimes it's not as good as that little sample. So does that happen to you with craft beers where you have a little flight, someone gives you a little shot of it and you're like, oh, this is pretty good. But then you drink a huge, massive growler of it and you're like, oh, this sucks. Um, that has not happened to me yet. Luckily, with the uh, with the flights, it's more than just one little chug or shot. You got to, you know, takes a few few sips to get it down. So. Um, but no, I haven't had a, a situation where I tried it, thought it was good, then bought a bigger, you know, either a pint or a, a growler or a crawler for that, that matter. Whoa. And, th- and thought that I was, uh, I'd made a mistake. Uh, there are some beers that I've tried in a flight and thought, all right, I'm probably not going to finish this. I'll just give it away to somebody. So what is your go-to and- beer? Craft wise or like big corporate Let's, we wise? got we got lots of time. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> God bless right, you well, people that listen to the most powerful podcast ever created. What is that name? Like um, well, if I'm just like in a hurry and just want to grab something that it's, it's a Coors Light because I, I know I like that because I'll go to that. Uh, if I have some time and can actually like 
sit and stare and try to figure it out, which I've been known to take 10 to 15 minutes. Well, that's cool because you can enjoy, you can do go from Coors to uh, a fancy craft beer. I, I appreciate that. Cause a lot of guys get all hung up in their beer snobs. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of beer snobs out there. I try not to be that guy, but sometimes I can be that guy. There's a lot of good craft breweries out. The Twin Cities, where we are, um, where the and some members of the flock are, there's a lot of good breweries around here. Um, but the best ones I found were out in Oregon when uh, we took a trip out there a few years back. There was the, I think there was uh, in the small town we were in was called um, Hood River. There was five craft breweries and three distilleries. So, do you get into yeah. the do you get into the booze also the whiskeys? No, not the craft distilleries. I haven't been able to do that. Uh, I do like a gin and tonic, but you know, I'll stick with the Bombay Sapphires for that. Supersonic. Yeah. Powerful oh, yeah. Uh, rap song from the eighties. It's a it's a good one. People need to look that one up. Do you remember it? You're not just humoring me, are you? Because no, that's a supersonic. Yes, that's it. Yeah. The S is for Dude. super, and the U is for unique. The P is for perfection, and you know that we are freaks. The E is for exotic and the R is for rap. So tell all those nosy mothers just to stay the hell back. Supersonic. Powerful. Oh, man. God. We should do like an 80s music review. Yes. Not not today, but at some no. point. No, it's powerful. It, I think people don't know that J.J. Fad is actually a group that existed. You actually knew the name, J.J. Fad. That is powerful. <laughs> you're gonna get yeah. a, You're going to get a virtual salute right now. Nice. saluted you. Thank you, sir. And speaking of saluting, what beverage are you drinking right now, Rez? Um, I had a, uh, a Cameroon's uh, coffee breakfast blend earlier. Whoa. Yeah. So we're going to, I'm on night shift. So when I yes. wake up, I, my morning coffee comes in the afternoon. Powerful Commodore's night shift. Ooh, I like that one. Yes. That was about, uh, about some, some singers that had passed away. Yes. Powerful so, song. Yeah. So, Marvin uh, Gaye, Fla- Jackie Wilson. Yes, yes. So, powerful listeners, Flock of Amish, please hold up your glass, your beverage of choice. Mike Rez, hold up your virtual beverage. Absolutely. Cheers. I salute everyone that listens to this powerful episode. Cheers. So, back to the name, the name of your Sam Adams beer. What was it called? Uh, the name of it is called uh, Mountain Berry. Mountain you, Berry. Yeah. If people want to try it just for the curiosity, sure, find a sample pack. You only have to choke down three. Uh, but yeah, it's not the best. I like if I if someone were to say what ask me which one my favorite one of Samuel Adams is currently, it would have to be their cold snap, which is one of their seasonal beers uh that you can get right now. Um but yeah, it's uh Stay away from the mountain berry. So I guess in our first beer review, we we did a shit beer. So, Excellent. Yeah. So next week, I've already got one uh, lined up for next week that I'm I'm excited to do. Powerful. But um, if the flock has any suggestions, I'm open to suggestions. Yeah. You know, the best way to suggest a suggestion. Wow. That's a lot of suggesting. Hit us up on Twitter at Amish Bean. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish Bean Machine. I'm on there 24-7 talking to my friends also don't forget we are on youtube we're going to need you to subscribe on youtube powerful podcast goes up there 
Also follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page, and wherever you enjoy podcasts, we are there. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, literally everywhere. But what I'm going to need you to do is leave a review. Five-star review is the best. And if you leave that, that will unlock secrets of the universe. And please share us wherever you are, wherever, if you're on the Twitters, please follow us and share our content. That, that helps us get the word out. And it's powerful. And we love you for it. We enjoyed a couple movies. What movie do you want to get into first? Um, let's do the, uh, the not-so-serious one, the one with, the, with probably some of the bigger stars that people would know. I mean, they both have some big names, but let's do the older one first, the one from 1986. All right, start us off. 1986. Right. 1986, we have The Money Pit. And The Money Pit stars Tom Hanks. It also has Shelley Long, Alexander God is it Godunov? That that's how you pronounce his last that's good enough. How's that good enough? Yeah, I like that. Yes. Um, and people would recognize him because uh, apparently the, whatever happened at the end of this movie drove him to join a terrorist organization in 1988. Whoa! Don't forget that. Yeah, that's so, real life. Yep. Uh, Joe Montana is in this one. Powerful Italian American. Um, yeah, and uh we also have um there's another big name here that people would know and I'm can't find it all of a sudden, but we're, oh here it is, Maureen Stapleton. Maureen Stapleton, I should say. She's uh probably a lot of the, the grandmas and grandpas out there in the flock would know uh, a lot of her. Her her acting career started in the nineteen fifties. So uh but the money pit for the, the youngsters out there. Uh, is a story about a couple that are dating. That would be Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. Um, he is an attorney and she is a classical musician. And uh, they buy a house uh, after getting kicked out of their apartment that they were subletting uh, from Shelley Long's ex-husband. So that's kind of a weird triangle they had going there. Now, who does he uh, remind you of? He reminds me of, who's the, that? of the ex-husband. Oh yeah, like uh, the dude from Ghostbusters. Yes, too. Vigo from yeah. Ghostbusters. Very good. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> the painting. Yeah. Why can't you <laughs> yeah. be that sexy, Mike Rez? God, that guy was sexy, uh, wasn't he? It would melt the microphones. Yes, he was That's a powerful, powerful, uh, powerfully <laughs> sexy Euro trash man. He was wonderful. <laughs> That's right. He was probably into look like steampunk at the time. Oh, love so. Steve Punk. Did I say Steve Punk? That'd be a cool name. I think for... you said Steve Punk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're into steampunk, your name should be Steve Punk. Yeah. So it was uh, quite the. Uh, that's another story. We should movie. We should probably review at some point. But anyway, back to the money. Wait, pit. wait, wait! Your powerful wait. tangent. What movie? Uh, Ghostbusters two. Hmm. Never heard of it. I'll write it down. Ghostbusters. Yep. yep. Also got it. Also, yep. Came after the cartoon came out. I think the story picks up after that. Sometime between Ghostbusters and uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That time frame. Yes, I love uh, Bobby Brown's um, song on there, On Our Own. Yeah. Powerful. Y y you know it. Oh, you do know it. Yeah. You're, you're on fuego with the, with the music references. I enjoy that. 
Yep, JJ Fad. You, you, you know it. It's uh, it's early in the day. So, so I'm going to interrupt you again because that's what I do. I'm the powerful host. Yeah. I'm going to need you to pick song of the day since we're on the, the movie tip, the sound soundtrack movie tip kind of thing. Just a tip. You want me to do that right now? I want you to do it now because I'll. Oh, jeez. Yes. Song of the day. Song of the day. Um, well, if we're just going to do song of the day and you're going to put me on the spot, we're just going to go with Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Thank you. You're welcome. Powerful theme song. I'm going to add one too, all right? Okay. Because I'm, I'm feeling crazy. I'm all hyped up on Dasani. Athena by The Who. Ooh, good one. God, that's a great song, isn't it? It is. So powerful. Let me write that down too. Athena. Athena. And then. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was funny too. Did a powerful yacht rock Lido. Yeah. Yes. We should have the flock uh, vote on which one of our songs is the best one. That's fine. On Twitter at Amish B Machine. Let me do a powerful poll. Athena versus Danger Zone. I mean, Danger Zone's going to win because everyone loves Kenny Loggins because he looks like Jesus. <laughs> Not back then in the eighties, he didn't. What did he look like? Jesus. He had uh, he had like the the short. Uh, Zool haircut. Zool. Yeah. It's another Ghostbuster reference. Powerful references. Powerful retro 80s today. We did a powerful 80s movie, and then uh, we're going to go into the 2000s here pretty soon. So back yep. to the money pit. Yeah. So uh, this couple buys a house um, from the owner named Estelle, who is uh, Maureen Stapleton. And uh, she, she kind of, you know, pulls a, a fast one on them. She shows them the house in dark lit by candles. So they can't really see the uh, cosmetic things that are wrong with it. Gives them a little sob story. Cause she's a little bit of a con artist and uh, they end up buying the house dirt cheap, which she probably made a lot of money on. And uh, before you know it, man, do the, do the woes start for this, this couple that bought the house. So lots of issues, electrical issues, plumbing issues, Issues with the foundation, issues with uh, a dumb waiter. Wow. Uh, issues, yeah. So pretty yeah, much like any house in Minnesota. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Has your house ever spit out mud or gunk out of the, the plumbing? It has. Oh, okay. Well, yes. there you go. Powerful house of the rising sun. Oh, my God. Yes. In New Orleans? New Orleans. Nice. That's how you say it, New Orleans. Powerful money pit. Yep. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so um, do you have powerful notes in front of you? What What was the name of the movie that this was a remake of? I believe it was like uh, in the late forties. Yeah, it was a, a remake of um, Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House, starring Cary Grant. Oh, I love Cary Grant. Yeah, there's actually a. They were thinking about making a, a TV show out of this, this movie, and that never never happened but uh, i remember seeing this one as a kid in the movie theater and it brings back fond memories of a ch of childhood's past i guess yeah it had a feel of an old-time movie you know kind of the slap yeah. the slapstick comedy and all the different cast of characters right and i mean tom hanks in the 80s this was like his his transition from tom hanks bachelor party to tom hanks forrest gump this was kind of his his transition into the 
those two parts of his career. Where are your feelings on this movie? Did you enjoy Tom Hanks? Was he funny in this movie? Uh, I think so. I've seen, you know, um, he's, this probably wasn't his, his best one, but it, it, you know, I still got another chuckle out of it. Not, not the same as I would if I would have watched it 15 years ago. So, but uh, I think it did all right. What did you think? I think the funniest scene was when the little uh, cherub baby in the fountain peed on him. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Although the, uh, the uh, fireplace falling, that was a, that was a funny scene too. They just kept going and going. And going. <laughs> so yeah. I like that one. It did. You so. could totally see like Laurel and Hardy in this show. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Tom, Tom Hanks. It, no, it definitely wasn't one of his best. So out of the powerful five buggy wheels, where are you at on this powerful film? Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Yes. It's entertaining. And, you know, you want something, you know, like it's, we, oh, we've said in the last couple of movie reviews, you got some time on your hands and are running out of things to watch. Look up the money pit. I enjoyed the sleazy uh, real estate agent that sold him the house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's a good... Uh, you know, good thing to watch if you like you said, if you got something to do, want to watch a movie and just see the heck you you think you've been missing, uh, which you probably haven't after you watch it. <laughs> what are your it, thoughts on Shelley right. Long? She's funny. She was a lot funnier in her early career, like of the Cheers days. These days, uh, she's she had some guest appearances on Modern Family as the the mom, the estranged wife of uh, Jay on that show, and she wasn't that funny but yeah i i she she had a funny career in the 80s and early 90s for sure did she seem to you in this movie too old for tom hanks yes yes she did there was definitely a weird weird character matching but i think that was on that was part of her character though being a classical musician you know and he was still kind of that off the wall attorney so probably didn't take life too seriously but I guess maybe I didn't pay in enough attention. So he, she was supposed to be like the older, mature woman. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think so. At least that's the way she played the character. That's what I've always gotten out of it. But it seems like every, every movie she's in, every TV show, she's thinks she's smarter than she is kind of vibe. Right. Yep. Yeah. She just comes so. off as a pain in the ass. Yeah. What was that powerful movie with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton? Night Shift, was it? She was in that one. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I have to look that one up. That's got to be, sure, be one, but... of, uh, one of her first movies. I don't know. It's got to be, but powerful. So I'm going to powerfully rate this film. Yep. And once again, in agreement with Res, the Resonator, three out of five. Three out of five buggy wheels. All right. So there you go. Powerful. We're going back to the future, 2019. The angel has fallen. Or angle, depending on how your phone wants to auto-correct it. Well, I mean, what can we say? I mean, this is the third installment of the, what would you call it? The has fallen universe? Cinematic Uh, universe? The the falling, the fallings, yes. Not to be confused with falling down. God, was that a good movie. Did you enjoy that movie with Michael Douglas falling down? I did, yeah. The, uh, what was it, the rocket launcher scene? That was pretty sweet. Powerful. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to watch that one again, if I can find oh, it. Oh, it's That's a, great a good movie. one. Yeah. yeah. The ending was whatever, but 
Now back to the Falling series where Olympus has fallen. What's the first yeah, one? O- Olympus has fallen was the first one. Okay. And then London has fallen was the second one. And this one is Angel has fallen. Uh, the first thing that stuck out in my mind was what is this president doing to get in so much trouble? Every other year, it seems like he's part of some kind of terrorist attack. <laughs> oh, speaking I of mean, terrorist attack, go God. back to uh, the money pit. What were you telling us about the actors that became terrorists? Oh, yeah. So uh, Max, the the ex-husband in that, he's the uh, one of the terrorists in uh, the Christmas movie that we always talk about, uh, Die Hard. Yes. So he's the blonde with the long hair. Yes. His brother gets killed, and then all he wants to do is rip Bruce Willis's yes. head off because Powerful. of that. Yeah. So whatever happened at the end of the money pit really drove him insane. It did. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this one, uh, Angel Has Fallen, uh, follows the the misdoings of a, or it wants you to believe the misdoings of a Secret Service agent named Mike Banning, who is played uh, by Gerard Butler. Uh, a quick question for you. If this movie, this is a little, little trivia for you based on my answers. Um, if this movie was made five years ago, who plays the secret service agent? Five years ago. Yeah. Well, let's, let's say, let's say this whole series uh, starts five years earlier than it, than they started filming them. So, so let's say Olympus has fallen, which was released in 2013. If it was released five years earlier than that, who's the main secret service agent? Marky Mark. No, it would have been Matt uh, Damon. Uh, Russell Crowe, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, good, very good. And then if it was made five years before that, who would be the Secret Service agent? Oh, I got to think of some sort of Australian-type dude. Oh, Mel Gibson. Correct. Yes, those are the actors I had in mind. That, that's I brilliant. You're, you. you're really, today you're hyper-focused. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do you know what, though? That just means the next time I'm on, it's going to be like one of the worst experiences of your life. No, no, I, I disagree. Powerful, you're hyper focused. You're bringing up JJ Fad, your Russell Crowe. Then you went to powerful Mel. G- oh my god, yeah. Mel Gibson actually uh, got mad at Russell Crowe and said he stole his act. You know how he pops his eyes out? <laughs> oh, sure, does it eye pop? <laughs> right, no, oh. yeah, I could see that. But yeah, this uh, this movie actually has some some big names to it, but they're like older names uh of some of the the actors but anyway so let's let's go back to the plot so people know what the heck is happening here uh the president has uh there's an assassination attempt on the president and uh secret service agent mike banning played by gerard butler uh has to put his life on the line to try to save the president and then there's some you know he ends up saving him but then what happens at the hospital turns his life around and the FBI gets involved and, and, and there's some dark money in the dark web and there's some deception and friends turning on each other. It's uh, quite the ride that uh, happens. What are, your, what are your thoughts on drones? This movie uh, features drones. Um, you know, I think they're, they're cool. You know, if you can get some good aerial shots for like filmmakers, the way they used them in this movie Eh, I don't know. They, it seemed a little far fetched, but it's Hollywood, so who knows? Yeah, I did. So. I, I'm kind of ODing on drones. 
I didn't like yeah. the drones. There was a lot of them. Holy cow. There was. Yeah. I don't know how you can afford so many explosive drones. Yes. Powerful. I don't care. <laughs> powerfully uh, CGI explosive drones. <laughs> That'd be a cool yeah. name for a band, wouldn't it? And explosive now, drones. Explosive drones. <laughs> but you couldn't That'd see them in awesome. concert because we're trapped like rats in our con- right? bunkers. You have to see them. Yeah. They'd have to live stream on Facebook. Are you you, you ODing on the live streaming? Not really. Um, Because just because I don't, uh, you got to, you know, pick and choose. You can't watch every live stream. That that will drive you crazy. But I'm just, like, I'm inundated and I got to see all these people playing ukuleles, doing shitty covers. (laughs) Yeah, there's some some people out. There was one ukulele cover that I did recently watch. It was a cover of the, the Joe Exotic song. Uh, I saw a tiger and that was a ukulele cover. Was that the one you saw or, is it, or did you see a different ukulele cover? Well, you know, a lot of times when you, you see the video and the audio doesn't play automatically. Sure. Thank God. Right. So I typically don't click on the ukulele ones. <laughs> well, I think you're, you're missing out on, on ukulele in well, your life. I, I do enjoy the big giant, uh, God rest his soul, Polynesian man that played, uh, Somewhere. Oh yeah, Israel. Yes, easy for you to say. Right. You know, I looked up uh, the story behind that a few years back because there was a uh, some short two-minute podcast that talked about that. But so that guy decided he wanted to record that song at two in the morning, and just decided he was going to call and leave a a voicemail at a local uh, record. record place that record you know recording studio and uh, there was somebody there and actually answered and he talked the guy into let him come in and record it and so he was like half tired everybody was like half asleep when they recorded it and then if you try to if you listen to the, the words in that song half of them are wrong so really the words are wrong yeah they're wrong they're in the wrong spots you know he, he kind of just went off the cuff but it, it was close enough that nobody really noticed right away well his and, ooze uh, were good he does a lot of good ooze Yes, he does. So look that up. That's a good one. I actually bought it after I heard that uh, little short two-minute story on it. So Is it in an actual whole song? Because every time I see the video, they kind of mix it in with other stuff. No, I, I don't think the song is that long itself. Yeah, I don't think uh, it is either, yeah. Or his, his version. Yes. I, mean, I think it's like two minutes, if not less. Yeah, that so. makes sense. And because every, it seems like every video I see of it, it's some uh, powerful montage, uh, collage, if you will, of different yeah. songs kind of all thrown together. Right. And, you know, he's no longer with us, Dick. No, Did I you know. know that? I said God rest his yeah. soul, didn't I? You might have. I'm yes. not listening. I know you're not so, listening. Back yeah. to. I'm so into this movie. Yeah, I know you are. Back to Angel Has Fallen. So then the rest of the movie you're trying to figure. I think it, you kind of know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy halfway through it, but you still kind of watch it. Anyway, because um, I don't know about you, but so I, w- I was watching the movie. The, the dialogue's a little quiet. I had to turn up the TV volume. But then the explosions in this movie made me have to turn down the volume because it's really powerful, high-def sound explosions. Like, it was made with THX in mind. Like, it would have been really cool to see in the movie theater. Did uh, you, uh, do you have, like, a sound bar or a sound um, system, or do you just play it through the TV speakers? Uh, um, I actually listened to it, uh, 
So I, I watched it on my phone at work. We have a stereo system that has these cool surround high def speakers um, that I can uh, plug into. And that was the sound on that. It shook uh, the counter I was I had my stuff on. So I knew right then I was like, that would have been really cool in the theater. The final shootouts were pretty cool, didn't you think? The battles? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That uh, brought me back to the heat shootout, the sound effects. Oh, yeah. Heat, the, heat's got to be one of my favorite, if not the favorite shootout ever. Yeah. So, But uh, the, the scene in the middle where he meets his dad, do we want to tell people who his dad is or do we want them no, to find we'll, out? We'll, uh, we don't want to spoil it for him. Okay. Yeah, but uh, that casting was awesome, the guy who played his dad. So <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But No, that was... Uh... You son of a bitch. No, uh, right. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it so poorly that people won't know right, who right. I'm trying to impersonate. Yeah, I just think, uh, I won't tell people who it is, but I'll just let people know that 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 person they gave the character to probably didn't have any lines. They were just like, just be yourself. <laughs> just Yeah, just wing it. Right. Just, just go off of what uh, Gerard Butler's doing. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, it, so. Gerard Butler has powerful uh, cheeks, doesn't he? He does, yes. His and, face uh, is, is very unique. It's kind of like a weird square circle. Yeah, and it's it's like so. it's made out of putty or something. It's cool. Yeah. It's like, he's like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. What do you think of his accent? How it comes and goes or what? Yeah, kind of like it's weird. Like I know he was trying to have a, an, what do you say, an American accent in this one. Uh, but it was he always goes back and forth. It's been that way since 300. It's almost like he's struggling to to figure out which accent he wants to play all of his characters in. Yeah, but he's cool. I, uh, it's weird that this is number one on Netflix. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Do you think it's because we're all, we're all scared and you know, they all have us trapped and we're looking towards a hero, a powerful alpha male to save us all. Uh, probably could be yes. the fact that it's the, the newest action movie on Netflix currently too. But it's, so. it's just powerful, and people want that. They want a powerful alpha male. Yeah. That's why they listen to this podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created, starring me and the other alpha male, Mike Rez. That's right. And, uh, Morgan Freeman is playing the president. What are your thoughts on, on Morgan Freeman right now just as a, an actor? It seems like he's he's not no longer the the cool actor he used to be like in Glory and seven and kiss the girls. He seems to be like a character caricature of himself. Yeah. He's days. getting old. We're all getting old. Yeah. So uh, maybe uh, I'm just more sad to see it than anything. Yeah. I'll cut him a little slack. <laughs> Although he does go from, uh, you know, in those movies that I mentioned, he's like the dad, you don't want to disappoint. He's now the grandfather. You don't want to yes, disappoint. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, the uh, Gerard Butler, the first movie I re- remember him in was Dracula 2000. Did you see that? I don't think I saw Dracula 2000, no. I saw the one with Keanu Reeves. Oh, that was that, powerful, that Dracula wasn't it? One. Yeah, with Gary Oldman and... Uh, oh, I love Gary Oldman. Ryder. That's, uh, you know, that. speaking of movies that don't stand up, that one uh, didn't really stand up the second time I saw it. Whoa, that might be blasphemous. I'm going to have to enjoy it, and I'll let you know. All right, let me know. You get, you get back to me on that one. I just remember the first time I saw it, I, like, hyped it up. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, okay. You know why I liked it though? Because it gave an origin to Dracula. Sure. 
that I thought that was cool how they flesh that out, no pun intended. It seems like now, you know, they're afraid to talk about, you know, the, the Christianity aspect of it. You know, they kind of make vampires generic now. Right. I kind of like how they, they, they pulled in the crusades and, you know, crosses and all that kind of stuff. I like the classic vampire. I don't like when they turn it into, you know, Twilight where it's, some you know, non-threatening. I like the classic <laughs> story. And, and that's why I like that. It gave an origin to Dracula. Right. And speaking about stuff that sucks, the Twilight movies. Powerful. Thank thank God I never sat through any of them. I, I think I've sat through a total of 10 minutes. And that was because I walked through the room when they were on. <laughs> that reminds me once where a young lady uh, tried to get me to watch The Notebook. Oh, God. And I I literally made it through maybe five minutes and I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a good scene. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you and I had this conversation. We talked about movies that we would review, and I think we both decided rom-coms and that kind of crap is just not going to work at all. <laughs> no. There, there's some. I mean, if it's got someone that's, you know, maybe trying to think, what's a good rom-com? You know, if it's some leading dude that's kind of funny, then, you know, I probably saw it, especially in the 80s. In the 80s, sure. I literally watched every movie, good or bad. Now you reach a point where you know you you start filtering it. Yeah, would you consider Adam Sandler's movies rom coms? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. And I only I only like his older movies. Right. His newer ones, yeah. The Happy Gilmore's and the Wedding Singers. Exactly. Yep. Those those to me that's an Adam Sandler movie. You know they always I know they want to stretch and everything. You know comedians they want to like Tom Hanks. Obviously, that's perfect example, you know, in the 80s. And then he branched out. I hear did you. Did you see him on uh, Saturday Night Live? Uh, Adam Sandler? I did. Uh, no, I meant, I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. This past weekend, it, yes. this was the worst Saturday Night Live ever in the history of Saturday Night Live. Tell us how. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish. Uh, everything was done remotely and everything was pre recorded. Um, and I thought the so Tom Hanks did his like special guest appearance as the host, which was completely scripted and unfunny and just I don't I guess I don't really understand why they picked him other than just to say, Hey, look, I'm still alive and I made it. Um and then everything else was just like cliche skits that they wanted to do that they thought was funny and none of the actors and the people on could be wearing makeup or, you know it just seemed like it was so thrown together. It was, it was horrible. So. Do you think Tom Hanks could go back to comedies and be effective? I think so. Yeah. He's got, he's versatile. So I think he could do it. So I did see um, a beautiful day in the, in the neighborhood. And I know he's playing uh, Mr. Rogers, but he kind of plays sometimes or he's kind of creepy Mr. Rogers. So <laughs> I didn't see it. Does he get, kind of go over the top with it or what? I think a little bit, but then again, you, you know, maybe Mr. Rogers was really like that. I, I mean, I don't know because it's, it looks at his personal life outside of the show too, but um, even though it's not really about Mr. Rogers, um, but uh, I, I think maybe he did maybe overact a little bit in that one, but uh, that's the first time I would ever say that about Tom Hanks. So that goes to show you what kind of career he's had, but yeah, 
people need to see it. I think and they'll understand what I'm talking about. Was do you think was he doing an impersonation of Mister Rogers or just doing Mister Rogers? Uh oh, that's a good question. It, I would say more of an impersonation. So, and sometimes those can get a little over the top. What so. was your favorite episode of uh, any Mister Rogers TV shows? Do you remember any? <laughs> Um, I remember bits and pieces. Like, I think, you know, how he used to do like the picture picture show movies with, uh, yes. Mr. McFeely. So I, there was one where they made, uh, so there was two of them, one where they make, uh, showed how they make crayons and one, how they made latex balloons and those Whoa. two stick out. Yeah. So, and then I think, I think I remember, uh, Margaret Hamilton, the wicked witch oh. when, she, when she was on, <laughs> Nice. Oh, I love her. Powerful. <laughs> we'll be breaking down Mr. Rogers' neighborhood yes. episodes on yes. the next yes. Amish Baby Machine. Yeah, that's what this is. It's just powerful stream of consciousness, retro, and and today too, or 2019 when uh, Angel <laughs> has fallen. Right. Came out. Now, did we give a score yet on that? Yet we haven't, have we? No, not yet. Um, I think because I'm starved for any action movie and this kind of uh hit the spot when i watched it uh i'm gonna give it four buggy wheels but then that's gonna make me change last week's review of uh nighthawks to four buggy wheels then that's gonna actually raise that one up because nighthawks i think is actually probably a little bit better but you know angel has fallen hit the spot for me yeah we got uh some good feedback on nighthawks people love that movie Right. And I think I think people it's just a weird one that people even, you know, people nowadays that are into Stallone, I don't think they saw it. It just doesn't no. you don't hear a lot about it. No. And that was the first time I ever even heard about it when I was searching for movies for us to review. So, but I thought Stallone and Billy D can't go wrong. No, it's 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 a great movie and in fact, I that's one I wish I would have saw in the movie theater. Sure. You know, you hear everything better. Like you were talking about sound. You're like when you watch TV, you're not going to get. You're not in a usually in a total dark room, so you get that immersion. You get the immersion of the sound, and it's so much better in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and now what do you think they're charging twenty dollars now for new movies? Yeah, and I even heard. Uh, so AMC, you know, they're losing so much money with the the shutdown that their credit rating is dropped. So if they even make it out of here, uh, you know, it could be $55 for a small popcorn. Wow. You know, yeah. Cause it, they get, they get all their money from the concession stand. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, you pay just as much getting in as you do at the, at the uh, concession stand for snacks and crap. And what, what's the seating going to be like? Yeah. I don't know. I know before they got shut down, they were seating every other seat. So, I don't know how that's going to work out. If it's going to have to be more than that or, or when they will be able to open. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. Yeah. It's weird. You know, like I say, with that, that action, that being number one, you know, that action, right. movie, it's going to, cause Hollywood, you know, what's the last action one was that, uh, was it, uh, what's the one with Jason Statham and the rock, the oh, the, and Hobbs what? or whatever. Yeah, one of the ones of Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, and those, yeah. did you see that? No, I, I haven't seen any Fast and the Furious movies. Wow, Not you haven't one. seen any of them? No, I'm kind of wearing that as a badge of honor now. 
Yeah, well, yeah, you reach a point now where you 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 shouldn't see any of them because yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like people that have never been to White Castle before. I find that weird, but every once in a while you find out people that have never had a slider. You know what I call those people? What? Idiots. Wow, so yep. hurtful. Well, get out there and have a slider. Powerful episode tonight. Mike Rez, did you have a good time? I always have a good time. How about yes. you? Always. I I loved talking about the powerful 80s and today. What is it now? 2020? I don't even know. Trapped in our bunkers. Uh, hey, you should take JJ Fad if they're on Twitter. Let them know we talked about them. Yes. I'm going to have to do some research. JJ Fad, supersonic. <laughs> Powerful episode tonight. We thank everyone that listens. Please do us a favor. Tell a friend about this powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.